welcome to the Open Bedroom Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Kalo. Welcome to conversations about open relationships, online dating, conscious uncoupling, and creating the relationship that truly aligns for you. If you enjoy this podcast, I hope that you do a couple things for us. Would you subscribe? Would you write a review? Maybe share us with your friends. And if you extra, extra like us, there's a link in the show notes here for my Patreon that does help pay for the creation of this podcast. And lastly, follow us on The Open Bedroom. We are on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, I have Daniela Stevens. She's a sex and relationship coach. Her and I were recently acquainted. Is that a word? Acquainted? Acquaintanced? Uh, because we were in an like how to open up your relationship master class program. And we both found each other. And we've had some really interesting conversations with each other. And we were like, let's record a podcast. So today we're talking about co-creating a sex practice. And the first question I asked before we hit record was like, what exactly does that mean? And is this the right verbiage to be using for the podcast? Should we call it something else? And I think a lot of you are going to be like, I want to do this. I don't know what it is, but it sounds really interesting. And the word sex is involved. So Daniela, can you introduce yourself and let's dive into this topic? Yeah, I'm Daniela Stevens. I use she and they pronouns. And I'm a queer white woman with three kids and I'm a trauma-informed, attachment-informed, certified sex and intimacy coach. I work with individuals and I work with couples because sometimes our work is individual and it's influencing our relationship. And so really wanting to support people to experience deep sexual connection and int intimacy with themselves and their partner or partners. And so one of the things that I've created is called a sex practice. So you can think of it like a yoga practice or like a meditation practice where when we're, we're, we're taking the pressure off of sex being perfect mm -hmm. or sex being disappointing or unsatisfying and working toward it being the experience and the feeling that we want each time we step into partnered space together. So sex practice specifically is the ritual and routine of co-creating a time and a space with the intention of experiencing sexual intimacy together. So it takes the best of uh, scheduling sex and date nights and leaves the really problematic, hurtful, and harmful aspects of those experiences behind us. I'm like, who is telling me more? Because I think I might be doing this with my partners. Um, but now I'm curious, maybe I'm not. And I think a lot of times, I don't want to say like sex is performative, but for us, I mean, like for my people, for me and my partners. Um, but I mean, I know personally, I'm very like orgas orgasm driven. Like I yeah. want everyone to leave with multiple orgasms until, or we're not done. And I haven't, well, there's a few times that we've had instances where we've been with partners where we just can't get them to orgasm. Like they're really in their head. They're not in their body or for whatever reason, they're just not, it's not happening that night. And I know like my, my partner, Scott has kind of felt deflated. I felt defeated, like, which is ridiculous. Cause it's not 
Anyway, I'm going to turn this back over to you. Please, like, can we dig in another layer deeper? Yes. Okay. Well, let's dig into that particular layer because, okay. gosh, if I was your partner, I would feel so much pressure to experience orgasm and multiple orgasms. Yeah. And I feel your defeat and Scott's defeat if you're not giving your partner's orgasm. So for me, sex practice or not, sexual intimacy is about inviting the most amount of pleasure possible in the moment. Mm. I work with so many people where we're equating orgasm with pleasure. We're equating orgasm with satisfaction. Yeah. We're, we're equating orgasm with connection. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. So we can experience orgasms when we're not connected to ourselves, when we're not connected to our bodies, when we're not connected to our partners. And we, I think many of us have experienced orgasms that aren't particularly pleasurable. You know, it's like, just like a, and then it's gone. So instead of being goal oriented toward orgasm and even goal oriented toward sex. So we'll come back to that piece of the sex practice in, in a moment, but if we can be in sexual intimacy or even intimacy generally, it doesn't even have to be sexual intimacy. Uh, with the intention, just shifting from the word goal to intention, to experience or invite the most amount of pleasure possible, then whatever pleasure I have available in my body, whatever pleasure my partner has available in their body, whatever my partners might have available in their body in that moment, that's what I want us all to access. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's orgasm and maybe it's not. Maybe it's multiple orgasms, all kinds of orgasms. But when we take off the pressure of orgasm and the goal orientation of orgasm specifically, there's this whole other canvas of relaxation and different types of orgasm that are possible without the like tight, tense pressure. Oh my gosh. Can I dive in for just a sec? Please. Okay. <clears throat> I am in a polyamorous and swinger ENM Facebook group. And as a coach like you, I use it a lot of times for research. So earlier today, because of our experience that we had last night, which I may or may not get into, we <laughs> we used a condom with another person. We as in my partner, Scott, not me. And he, the next morning, this morning, he was just like, oh my God, I hate condoms. I can't feel anything. And I said, I can imagine it's like taking saran wrap <clears throat> and putting it around your fingers and not being able to feel a, 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 a vagina that is delicious and warm and wet and being inside of it. And instead it's just saran wrapped. And I'm like, I'm sure this is terrible. So back to my research group. So this morning I'm like, guys what are your favorite condoms and why? So I have 25, 30, 40 responses I've been reading through this morning, which has been really fun. But the reason that I was telling you about this group 
is last week I was doing a little research on length of time of sex, like period. I didn't say how long do you penetrate your partner and then be done. It was like, how long do you guys have sex on average? Oh, Daniela, I was so saddened by these numbers. It was like 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 25 minutes. 25 minutes was like the longest duration. And several times I'll see, you know, posts like this and I'll be like three hours and people will just lose their shit. They don't understand like what in the world do you do for three hours? And I'm like, you're not penetrating anything for three hours. Well, and- I mean, part of this is like, what do you define as sex? And some of that is the totally. problem too, right? Well, and I think, I think you're leading us to some of that, which is like finding pleasure in your body and, and having pleasure be the focus instead of penetration and orgasms, even because you can have energetic orgasms or nibble orgasms, all kinds of orgasms. It's like, how do we just have this intention on Thursday night at six to spend multiple hours together exploring and bringing things like, I don't know, maybe you're bringing toys, maybe you're bringing food, maybe you're just bringing yourself. Am I on to this? Uh, is this the right track? Yes. Okay. And yes and no. Okay. Tell me. So, so the problem, let's start with the problem with a, with scheduled sex is that generally, if we say Thursday at seven, regardless of whether or not our body and our sexuality wants to have sex, we are generally like, oh, we're having sex, regardless of whether or not either one of us like want to or are mm-hmm. open to, we are. And that goes back to kind of the goal-oriented chore checklist nature of we're going to have sex, no one's leaving until we all orgasm, you know, like- that is a lot of no passion. one is gonna ever want to have sex with us again after listening to this. <laughs> you cannot leave until you've had multiple orgasms. It's midnight I'm, and you I'm haven't done. had one yet. <laughs> it's so funny because I've had people call me a pleasure dom. I don't really I don't know what that means. I need to go talk to a dominatrix to like I need to go talk into the I need to do some Facebook group research. There you go. <laughs> because I don't have the, like, you're not leaving. Yeah. (laughs) And I do have the, like, we're just going to keep going in this building pleasure, experiencing pleasure until one of us is so hungry. We have to stop, you know, like, yeah, because the, the seven minute, the 10 minute, the 25 minute sex is that length of time because someone usually someone with a penis orgasms and it's like oh that's the end of sex right no when, it's not when there's so much more capacity for even even men and mocs people with penises to have multiple orgasms to have orgasms without ejaculation like yep why are we limiting ourselves to one or to an experience where one person orgasms and then we stop i mean yes time is a factor and so the other part of this is with the sex practice, we are setting a time, we are setting a place, we are clearing our calendar. So it might be seven o'clock on Thursdays, sex practice hour. 
I like to just do a nice clean hour and sometimes people will do 30 minutes, but just you make sure that both of you or how, or three or four of you all know, like sex practice is seven o'clock. It's for 30 minutes, clear your schedule, right? The intention of moving towards sexual intimacy, sexual connection is, is front and center. And it doesn't mean we're all arriving with sex toys. I mean, all of us into the room. It doesn't mean we're all arriving with sex toys and oil. What it means is we're arriving to the space with the intention and we are also noticing whatever might be preventing us, holding us back, obstacles, challenges that are in the way of us moving towards sexual intimacy. And we are looking at those things square in the face. So it might be I have a headache. It's seven, it's seven o'clock on Thursday. I have a headache. I'm not going to push or force myself to have sex. What I'm going to do is request from my partner. Could you massage my temples? Could you get a hot water bath for my feet? Could, could you help me take care of myself? And I can feel that love and care and support because that's all in service of our sexual intimacy and connection either maybe later in that hour or the next week so that our sex practice each week is continuing the thread of intimacy and connection. And we don't feel scarcity because these things are building. We don't have this sense that is sex important to my partner? When are we going to have time for sex? We are creating the opportunity. Mm -hmm. We're co-creating or building the energy of connection not just in that one hour, but also in between those weekly kind of practices. So that if you and I are entering into a, a sex practice and we've got Thursday at seven and, you know, maybe we get into the bedroom and I'm just like, I cannot have sex with you. We, I'm, I'm still really upset about this thing that you did. And it makes my body tense when we get in the same room together. It takes some sensitivity for me to realize that, but our sex practice becomes about clarity and it come, uh, becomes uh, about connection to ourselves and to our partner. It's about communication, it's about healing. So these are the four things that we focus on in our sex practice so that we can then co-create the sexual satisfaction, the sexual fulfillment, the pleasure that we both want to experience in sex. Mm. I like this on so many levels. So I know you're also an erotic blueprint follower. Mm. And I talk, I've talked a lot this year about <clears throat> being a high sexual as a woman and I think that brings a lot of compassion to other women whose husbands are really high sexual. So I'm like, hi, I'm Jen, high sexual on the erotic blueprint scale. <laughs> and it's very important for sexuals to know they're going to be fed at some point mm -hmm. versus when am I ever going to have sex again? You know? So I talk a lot about like coming fed already to your partner, so taking care of yourself first and then being ready to take care of them. And then hopefully you get to actually do whatever it is that you want to do that's sexual. But I love this idea of intentional every week, 
having some time on the calendar for, I like the term like exploration yep. and just coming kind of heart open to, all right, what are we going to co-create tonight? I, I had a, I had a couple I worked with who were like the word sex brings up a lot of, of pressure because we're still thinking, well, sex is penetration, sex yeah. is the penis orgasming. And so for us, we co-created like it's a naked pleasure practice. That's it. That's really take away all of whatever you think sex is or isn't and show up to a naked pleasure practice. And it's not about getting naked and experiencing pleasure and having sex. It's about sensitizing yourself to yourself, sensitizing to your partner and co-creating the energy and opportunity where you both want to do that Mm -hmm. and supporting each other, having compassion, hearing each other. Just like you're saying, like if you're a high sexual, you're like, I'm ready. Like, and I want to, I see you. We're in the bedroom. This is amazing. Can I just, I want to do all the things I want to do all that. I want all the things done. And people who aren't high sexuals don't get, feel a lot of pressure to like, Mm -hmm match right Mm -hmm. and high sexuals feel I don't know can feel a lot of pressure that they have to invite and they have to kind of cultivate their partner up to that that level too Mm -hmm. and it can be so nice to be like I've got access to tons of pleasure in my body you've got access to whatever level of pleasure you have in your body we don't have to be at the same place we don't both have to orgasm. We can both experience the most amount of pleasure in each of our bodies possible in this moment mm-hmm. without it having to be same, same. I've, I've felt that in my life where either my partner has ha- got some, some spontaneous desire happening and I'm like, I don't know how I can get up to where you're at right now. As opposed to being like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling that I am feeling something. Let's get, let's take off our clothes and find out what happens. Yeah. And that opens up so many more opportunities and explorations and like textures and energies of sex. I love to like be a part of a partner's pleasure and have permission to not have to have my pleasure be at the same place, like to offer my partner pleasure and invite them into pleasure and not necessarily have to receive because I'm not really feeling it. Like not because of them, but because of me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether that's supporting them to self-pleasure or being in the room while they're, while they're self-pleasuring, or if it's, three people or four people it's like maybe you don't want to have sex but you want to watch you know you want you still want to be a part of what's going on you don't want to go sit on the couch but you don't you don't you're not feeling like you want to get involved Mm -hmm. and that's okay it should be okay I'd like it it totally should I'd like it to be okay I experienced this 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 I experienced a lot with my partner um I am the high sexual of the household and he doesn't always want to have sex with me, but he's like, I'm always here to bring pleasure to you and with you and co-create that. 
So he might use his mouth. He might use his fingers on me. He might take um, a wand, like one of my toys and use it on me or watch me and co-create something really beautiful together. Just be there with me. Not every time I have sex by myself too, but it's so much fun to have a partner that's willing to do that. And I've heard so many stories of people going, my partner just totally checks out or they'll walk out of the room or they don't want to know if I'm turned on or they don't want like, they don't want to know anything. And so I think just kind of opening our hearts to how can we co-create something beautiful with our partners, even if it's not penetrative. And I, I want to ask you some questions about like actions and in your planned intentional night, you're naked, they're naked. So we understand that. Then well, what? we don't have to be, you don't have to be naked. Okay. No. So it could moving, be like cuddle puddle on the couch. Absolutely. Okay. But- I want to make sure that everyone is really, let me, let me use the example of date nights. Okay. Okay. Because date nights are also, there's elements of date nights in here, right? When we, we, we make it plan a date night, there's a time, there's a place. We might even say, Hey, we need to do a date night every week or twice a month or once a month. Right. And so we're creating the opportunity to spend time together and to reconnect Maybe we're, we're putting down work and domesticity and kids to like be two adults or multiple adults in a conversation, mm-hmm. in an experience. And the challenge with date nights is that nobody really says, hey, let's go out to dinner and a movie to reconnect so we can have sex. And oftentimes that is the unspoken, unconscious expectation mm-hmm. of Let's go to, let's go to a movie. Let's have dinner. Let's come home and have sex. And, and it has some of that same, well, we have to have sex, even if we don't want to have sex element. Mm. It's just, it's more smoky. It's more unconscious. It's more elusive. And so the sex practices is about creating the opportunity, the time and the place out carving out time to reconnect if what we need to do is to reconnect is to re-engage one another as two beings as two humans who are more than parents or more than employees or more than managers or whatever other roles we have in our lives so it could be sitting on the couch cuddling and I want us all to feel like our sex life is important. Mm. And so what are we doing to move in that direction? Not because we're going to have it tonight and because we want to move our energy in that direction. So if a partner and I are having our sex practice at Thursday at seven and it becomes clear that neither one of us are ready for sex and one says hey can we cuddle in bed and maybe I say you know that feels like too much pressure for me I feel like I'm I'm gonna bypass my own desire to not have sex right now and just like push it mm-hmm. could we go cuddle on the couch then that's in support of us being more sexual sexually intimate down the line because we're building trust that we can still be intimate and not have sex. Mm-hmm. 
it's like mm-hmm. steps forward. It feels very fluid and kind of slow. And I'm curious for the person listening who's like, how do I just have more sex with my person? Well, you're creating opportunity. So what so what this does is one, ideally, and it's not it, ideally you're having a sex practice once a week. Mm-hmm. And and depending on the time of the year, you get busy and it's like, okay, we need to reschedule this sex practice because you're sick or I'm sick or mm-hmm. I'm injured or and you're rescheduling it. It doesn't just fall off the calendar. You don't do anything about it. You're rescheduling it. It is a priority. And that takes care of the person who's like, I want to have more sex. Okay, listen, this once a week is that check-in around what are we doing to support our sex life? What are we doing to cultivate connection and intimacy and trust between us? What ends up happening is because we we all know that we're working on it and we, we're keeping it kind of alive and we're tending to it. It's kind of one of those like, charcoal fire type situations there's still Mm -hmm. there's still flames going more spontaneous sex tends to happen in between sex practices Mm. so we're not exclusively focusing on sexual intimacy during the sex practice the sex practice is like that time where we're addressing we're, we're just looking it in the face and be like why am i not having sex right now why is my partner not interested in having sex right now? What do I need to understand about myself or about them? How can we cultivate connection? What do we need to communicate about what healing needs to happen? Whether it was just a communication mishap or trauma we have experienced in past relationships that mm-hmm. is coming up, that's thwarting us having more sex or better sex or deeper sex. So for me, when we want, when we're in a committed long-term relationship, it doesn't, I mean, committed in a sense of like, we are cultivating something together. Mm-hmm. When I say committed, I do not mean monogamous. So let's make that clear. We want two things, opportunity mm-hmm. and energy. I want to be able to say, I really want to have sex with you right now. And we don't have the opportunity because there's kids running around, right? Or there's like, you're going to work and I'm flying in an hour. But I want to be able to say, hey, the energy's here. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's really important for us to acknowledge, hey, we have an opportunity to have sex right now. Everybody's gone. We don't have any work. It's a long weekend. And I do not have the energy. I've been cooking or cleaning or working for five days. I I acknowledge the opportunities here and I don't have the energy. I'm really, I'm really sorry. Like I feel sorry for, for, I feel sad for myself that in this moment there's opportunity, but there feels like there's this scarcity of, we have to take advantage of every opportunity we have. We have to take advantage of every energetic desirous moment that happens it's like no no we need to cultivate both the energy and the opportunity within ourselves Mm -hmm. and with our partner or partners or else it becomes chores it does it just becomes chores 
So we're looking at a brand, brand new year. So there's what, 52 opportunities to have a co-creative, co-creative sexual experience every week. What would you recommend to people put this on their calendar? Absolutely. Like we're treating this as a responsibility, not a responsibility, as a priority. Mm -hmm. It's if your sex life is important, if you're in a relationship or connection, That's longer than three years. You have to consciously and intentionally cultivate and co-create your sex life. It Mm -hmm. doesn't just happen. Why three years? If you, this I I come to from a lot of attachment theory, but you can find it in a lot of other relationship um, theory as well. Um, Honeymoon period, new Mm. relationship energy, Anywhere from six months to two and a half years in is when our hormones and our pheromones begin to regulate. Mm. When we meet somebody new, it's the excitement of Mm -hmm. getting to know them and and getting to be known by them. That really is the desire and passion like ignited. And six, six months to about two and a half years in is when those things begin to regulate. It's when our brains begin to recognize them as permanent. And that's when our sexuality and our, and our love, our hearts, our minds, our bodies actually step forward and begin to become real and authentic. Hmm. We begin to show up as ourselves. We see the other person clearly. They see us more clearly. And everything needs to be more conscious and intentional because our, our hormones aren't carrying us mm-hmm. on that new relationship, glittery, bubbly, effervescent, <laughs> you know, yummy energy, <laughs> joyride. And our sex life with partners or a partner after three years can get deeper and more sacred and more more connected and a lot of couples don't make it you Mm -hmm. know don't explore the healing to get to that more sacred sexual space that deeper space because we're chasing the fun and the like explosiveness of the beginning Mm. That felt like a mic drop moment. I have a partner question for you. Let's say you, Daniela, have three partners, four partners, however many partners you have. Let's say three, three feels easy. Mm -hmm. And maybe two of them are one-on-one and one of them is you're in a triad. So there's multiple people that you're in relationship with. Yes. How do you handle this kind of scheduling? I'm assuming you're not like, hey, everybody, let's be kitchen table polyamory and we're all going to hang out on the couch together and get naked. Like this is your individual relationship with each partner or partner grouping. And then every week or biweekly, you're having this intentional co-creative space. Well, and I think for when we're co-creating our consensual non-monogamy, our poly, our open, our cycles and seasons of communication and sex are different and more honoring with each of those people. So I would ask 
what is your general cadence of communication and connection? And then build the timing of a sex practice around that. So sometimes we have uh, partners that are in different locations, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe we have a long distance partner who we're emotional, sexual, romantic with, and we don't get to see very often. And we do want to keep that right alive. So is that something we want to do every three weeks? Is that something we want to do every two weeks? What is the cadence of commitment we want to have, right? So I don't like hierarchical polyamory. And sometimes it's helpful to see our time, our commitment, our energies, our seasons in that way where we might have someone or a triad that we are investing a lot of labor, communication, emotional, sexual, otherwise, and we do want to meet once a week. That that might be three people, four people's schedules that are challenging. And if it's a, a commitment or priority, we're going to find a moment where that works. And maybe the intention, maybe the the practice isn't that we do it weekly. And the intention is we're checking in weekly to see this week, can the four of us get together? Mm-hmm. Not this week? Okay, let's plan next week before all of our schedules get booked. And if we find this cadence of like Thursdays at seven really work well for the four of us then we are building that in. Mm-hmm. If it's every other week, if it's every two weeks, the the beauty of having the ritual of and routine of a time and a place is that we feel safer knowing that we're all showing up mm-hmm. with the intention of moving towards sexual intimacy. So there's none of this like, when are we going to have this conversation? When are we going to have sex? We're creating the opportunity the energy is the intention there. And then we're checking in. How do we need to build that energy? How do we need to welcome that energy? What permission do we need to give? What slowdown do we need to offer? What trust needs to be built between us so that we can move toward sexual fulfillment and satisfaction and all of the juicy, yummy pleasure that both mm-hmm. of us or all of us want to be experiencing and having that conversation as part of the sex practice. So it becomes conscious, it becomes intentional, it becomes important because we are taking time to put it on the calendar to show up without distractions. You know, the dogs, the cats, they're all taken care of, the kids somewhere else, the phone notifications are turned off. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything else can be set down. And it's so helpful when we know, hey, this is for an hour or this is for 30 or this is for three hours. I've set down seven to 10 Mm -hmm. because I want to sleep. I want to go to bed at 10. So many times. Two people, three people, four people, especially when we're a good amount of months, years in, we hold back from engaging 
because we're like, how long is this going to take? Right. I really, I do, I do want to empty the dishwasher. I, I do want to read this book. I do want to watch this show. So is this going to be an eight minute experience or is this going to be a three hour experience? But we don't have, we don't have that conversation. We don't really know that that's what's holding us back. We don't have that conversation. So if we know, hey, we're going to do this for an hour and we can re-up. Oh, this is really great. Could we maybe do this for another hour? <laughs> Could we make our sex practice two hours? Mm -hmm. It's not like we're going to stop right at the hour. And if one of us does want to stop at the hour and shift into taking a shower or going for a walk, then we know, hey, this is part of what's built for the next sex practice. Mm. This just doesn't diffuse. This is carried with us. Mm. So much goodness. I have so many ideas now. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go get out my calendar for next year and start building this in. Daniela, if people have made it to the end of this podcast, how can they get more involved in your world? What are your offerings? How do they get in contact with you? Do you have any programs? Tell us a little bit more. So you could go to daniellastevens.com slash podcast. And there I have some free treats for if you're showing up as an individual, maybe you have a partner or partners who aren't ready to do this work yet. Probably mm -hmm. not. If they're listening to your podcast, they're like, let's do it. But you can pick whether or not you want to do some work individually and whether or not you want it to be a gentle experience or a deep experience. Same if you're partnered or if you have multiple partners and you have people who are interested and, and want to jump in, you can do deep work there, deep no, free gifts, but also gentle. So one of the things that's gentle is a six-day email course called Bedrock that's completely free that we move through tools like the erotic blueprints. So you can find out, are you sexual? Are you sensual? Are you energetic? Are you kinky? Are you shapeshifter? What does that mean? How do I incorporate that into my sex practice? And then I love working with couples and individuals with coaching because we're all so unique with our time, with our responsibilities, with our priorities, with what, um, the, what pressures we feel. And so working together with me, you can do a five session desire um, starter package where you just get like a taste of how do we, how do we start this? <laughs> um, and I, again, I do that work with both individuals and couples because sometimes it's like, I want to want to have sex. And sometimes it's like, I want sex with my partner all of the time and I understand that that's pressuring them. Like it's putting a lot of pressure on them. Mm. What do I do? It's like, let's make your self-pleasure practice the juiciest possible mm -hmm. and support you to understand and have compassion for your partner. So you feel skilled inviting them into sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be coming out with some guided practices for self for sex practices so that you can have a whole hour guided with your partner or partners mm. and some three-day weekend 
sex practice experiences so that your sex practice isn't an hour. It's over, you know, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday morning. Uh-huh. So you don't need me there, but I'll be there guiding, guiding you through it. So you know how to connect and you know how to communicate and you know how to co-create that, mm-hmm. that time. Sounds amazing. All right. I'll put the links to everything in the show notes, including your social handles, and they can go follow you. When you guys finish listening to this, please stop and go follow Daniela so that you can see all of the yummy things that she's giving to you and all the new things that she's creating. Thank you so much for being on. This was so much fun to record. Hey there. Did you know that I do online coaching? Yes, I do online coaching in the sex and relationship space. Some of the topics that are near and dear to my heart are open relationships. So that includes polyamory, swinging, or what we call the lifestyle. I also love conversations around online dating. We're talking Bumble, Tinder, Field, and more. And then the last thing that's really passionate and close to my heart is conscious uncoupling. That means we get to break up with people with love and respect, with dignity and hope. Um, We get to create a life for our children that gets to be a little bit different. We can do things better than we have in the past. So if any of these topics sound interesting to you and you'd love to get some coaching from me, check out the link in the show notes or the link in my bio for more information on coaching with Jen.